I am unashamed. What about you? Somebody has put me in some kind of group chat, which I detest. Because, Phil, I'm going to have to explain this to you. When they'll, the People will get, like, even up to 15 or 20 people, and they'll put everybody in the conversation, and then everybody starts talking, and your phone just constantly goes off. And now they have these... Huh? Let me add one to that, Jay. So apparently some new upgrade. Now you can put a thumbs up or a heart or a ha-ha on what the other person just said. So throw in what you just said. You got these people exactly. discussing stuff. And then you got the next person giving that one a heart and this one a this. And it's yeah. just, your phone sounds like it's just ringing, but it's, it's just text. And then because our society is so sensitive, they, when I upgraded my phone, they took out the place where you could leave the conversation because they didn't want people to get offended because you left. Because the first thing I do when I'm in a group chat is go scroll down and look and figure out how to leave that. <laughs> I don't like it at all. But having said that, I noticed about a week ago, I was, look because I thought well, they, they took that away. Now it's back on my phone. I left a conversation the other day, which yeah. was awesome. I need you to show me how to do that. I'll, I'll work with you. But what I was going to say is my phone's going off and it's all over the stock market because even though I know very little about the stock market compared to people who do this as a redneck, who's put a couple years into this, I know more than most of my friends. Therefore they deem me an expert. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute here. <laughs> I took some money that I did not need, and I said, I'm going to try investing. And look, I got the concept. The Bible talks about investing a lot. There's way more in here than you will realize about making investments for return. Himself, that's right. So my phone continually goes off because people are asking me about GameStop, which – you know, for if you are not familiar with this, a brick and mortar video game store chain that has been doing terribly because when the pandemic hit and you have all these streaming games out there, this is not a a company that you want to be investing a lot of money in. So you say, Well, wait a minute, it's gone up. Yep. So the question is for political reasons a group of people came in here and they said, we're going to take on these big hedge fund companies who try to put these crappy businesses, not that they were crappy by their own merit. It's just a victim of circumstance. Things have changed. People are now playing video games online. There's a pandemic. They closed all their stores. They're not deemed essential. And so these hedge fund companies come in here and they do what they call short stocks. And they basically try to make money in the company going out of business. And so a group of people said, no, we're going to buy that stock up and take on the hedge fund company. So I've given the opinion to my kids who called me to my friends. I'm like, I'm not a gambler. I'm not even in the political arena. I mean, if they want to take on these hedge funds, 
more power to them. Great. Who's going to say, don't do that. But as an investor, I'm looking at companies that are great, who are making phenomenal earnings for the long term. And as I do that, as I pick these awesome future companies, you're taking the risk and the volatility away from your money. Now, if you want to, for entertainment purposes or for political reasons, take your money and invest in those companies and get in that fight, okay, you're free. You're free to do that. So when I give my opinion as a long-term investor, I'm always going to take all that noise out of it and say, come up with a winning formula. It may be slow and steady, but it will work for great returns. So that's my official stance. Well, you've come up with uh, some of your wordage. Reminds me of Solomon, blessed is the man. And this is to everyone who finds wisdom, Jace, the man who gains understanding. For she, wisdom and understanding, is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, Jace, and in her left hand, are you ready for this? Yep. Are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. Uh, she's a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. So wisdom and understanding, whatever endeavor you're in, in this case, I think the topic is the stock market. Uh, I will I will just say on top of that, Jace, uh, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. And there's a lot of people evidently eyeballing you. Yeah. If it's possible, Jace, as far as it depends on you, Stock market or no stock market. Live at peace with all, man, all, with everyone. Do not take revenge, dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay them back via the stock market or any other deal. It's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. So if your enemy's hungry, you feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And uh, by this, you'll heap... Uh, burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil. Be be overcome with good. Yeah. So that's an overarching view. Whether you're in the stock market, whether you're investing in this and that, your livelihood, your job, your hard work, you mm-hmm. you have to be you have to wise up and gain understanding in dealing with the human race, especially when you're dealing with. Them long green. Uh, well, you think about it. Phil, you know what I'm saying? We're, we're fixed to read the scariest chapter in the Bible, in my opinion, Acts chapter 5, where you had a couple yep. who wanted to be viewed as giving. And they sold some land. They said, we're going to give all of it to you to help the needy and the people in our community. Key word, key phrase, all of it. But then they kept some to themselves, which they had the freedom to do. It was the image at which they were portraying in their heart, and, and we'll get into that in detail, lying to God rather than men. 
that caused the problem and led to a a justice that was downright terrifying. So, but it was all over money. And Al, you'll remember this, uh, Bill Smith, who, who brought Phil to the Lord in the bar on the state line, he used to make a statement. He said, if you want to see what's important to someone, all you got to do is watch what they give their passion, their energy, their time, and their money to. And that's how you'll figure out what's most important to them. And that's where wisdom and understanding comes in. Yeah. He used to say, take a person's checkbook and and look through it, and you'll find out where their heart is. And I thought that was always a pretty wise, of course, you know, we don't do checkbooks much anymore, but that was a pretty wise saying. Because, you know, you you brought it up, Dad, I mean, or Jace too. The Bible does say a lot about money, about investment. Sure does. Solomon did, obviously. There were a lot of wealthy, successful people. Jesus, most of his parables were about that very thing. But he did say the love of money or is or is the root of all kinds of evil. Paul said that. Yep. And Jesus said you can't love money and God the same way. And I, so I think it's that it's that idea rubbing against each other that's the yeah. problem. For I want to read where that statement, that that verse you just <clears throat> quoted, where that story I mean, how that statement came, the story that produced that statement. You can't love God and money because I think it's a great stock market verse. Now, people who work in that realm, they're not going to like that I read this. And people ask, so guess what? I'm going to tell you, I could be wrong. But this is a curious parable that Jesus told. This is in Luke 16. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. The whole reason I got into the stock market is because I had some money that I didn't need, which would mean I've become rich. Even though my whole life I tried to do everything in my power to keep that from happening. (laughs) because <laughs> I wanted to duck hunt. I love my wife. I love my kids and I love to duck hunt. And I thought I need to find a way to make a living duck hunting. And that was your dream and passion. You gave me a job, but I had resigned to the fact that I would never make a lot of money doing that. So my wife had become frustrated because she looked at it like you're, we're never going to have any money. And I'm like, but that's okay. We're going to live on love and I'm going to get to duck hunt. That was my goal in life. We do a silly duck show, and all of a sudden, this money just pours out. So I'm like, well, I'm going to take this money, and I'm going to, since I'm rich now, and I'm going to give it to some, they call them managers. We manage your wealth. Well, after a couple years of that, I looked down, and I thought, I thought the whole idea of this was to make money on the investments, because I was seeing a negative. It's biblical. But, uh, uh, yeah. uh, keep my commands, God says, in your heart. For they will prolong your years, your life, many years, and check this out, and bring you prosperity. Yeah. God will help you prosper if you mm-hmm. do what he says and you do it the right way. Exactly. So, so what you you were aiming for, oh, it's biblical. 
it's biblical, but here's, look, let me clarify. I didn't realize how the stock market works. I didn't realize how long-term investing worked. And I was looking at the short term, which was my error. I was just throwing these money managers under the bus. Now I've learned now that I've done all the research, put the time in it and the work and watched how it works. Now we're years upon the stock market doesn't go up every year. You know, if I'd have done a little research, I'd have realized. <laughs> but I was accusing those fellas of what we have here. I was, I was like, you're wasting my possessions. So guess what? You're fired. I'm taking that money back and I'm going to invest it myself. So I want to read this story though. He says, so he called, this is Luke 16 too, called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. Same thing I did. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. You know, when you stare at screens for long periods of time, it, it, it's not good for your muscles. That was a joke. I know that I'll do that so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked his asked uh, first, how much do you owe? This guy's like, I owe 800 gallons of olive oil, which I thought was kind of funny that we had all this transactions over olive oil, which we still, you know, treasure today. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 400. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. I mean, it reminds me of the stock market because you have prices, you have, oh, you're trying to get the right set of circumstances to either make some, you know, don't lose it all. I mean, it has the same qualities here. Verse 8. As sophisticated as we try to make it out to be, it really is to just trading into commodities and oils. Exactly. And just the basic things of life, just like sure. it was 2000. And you have sure. all these rules that you go by. You, you don't, you realize the stock market doesn't go up. Some of the stocks you own are going down. Uh, you, you, you allow how much risk you want to take by, you know, what sector or what company, but also how much money you put in. And like what I'll do is they have this thing called dollar cost average where you'll buy a stock, then you'll buy it again, then you'll buy it again. And then when it goes back up, you'll sell your higher cost, which doesn't really matter long term, but you want to feel better about it. You're trying to sort out the timing. The exact wordage of Luke 16 is the parable of the shrewd. Let's take a break. One of the things we know about having a small business that we all grew up in, especially now that things have changed, there's been so many regulations added, is that uh, human resources issues can really hurt your small business. You got wrongful termination suits, you got minimum wage requirements, you got labor regulations. I'm sure all that's going to go down in the Biden era, don't you think that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you got to hire an HR manager. That could be seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year. But there's a company. Uh, this uh, sponsors our podcast, and they're called Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. And it was specifically created for small business. Basically, you get a dedicated HR manager, you get craft HR policy, you know, all your compliance maintained for $99 a month, which is very reasonable. Uh, you can go by phone, email, real-time chat. 
however it works, $99 a month, month to month, no hidden fees. You cancel anytime. So you go to, here's how you do it. If you want to get a free audit, you go to Bambi.com slash Robertson. That's Bambi.com slash Robertson to get your free HR audit. Jace, by the way, the word it's used in this particular Luke 16 is the parable of the, the word is shrewd. Shrewd. Well, I got another shrewd. word that it describes, and you're, you're going to be meaning shocked. Ac- uh, meaning high acumen. I mean, meaning, you, you, the, you know. You, well, he says shrewd in verse 8. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. Yep. So now I'm getting a really good stock market analogy because we, I would say we would at least call people who work in and amongst the stock market shrewd. In fact, that's why you have a group of the little people who I would be considered a little person trying to take on these big establishments. Because they're like, well, you're too shrewd, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> and and look, you you see their point. Now, as a as a little person, though, you got to ask yourself: Am I willing to take this kind of gamble in companies that fundamentally are not very sound? Now, you might it might work, and we make we might make some kind of political statement that changes it. But what probably, in my opinion, is going to happen is that these big, ginormous money establishments. They're probably will change the rules. They'll stifle the little man. And guess what? You'll keep going. I mean, that's just the environment that we're forced to work in. So you can say, well, I'm just not going to do it and take my money, ma- money out. Okay. But watch what it says here in verse nine. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Well, he gives actually a way to say uh, it's okay to get involved in these kind of worldly ventures. Yep. As long as your heart is right and you're have the big picture in mind. So that's, that's our goal as a, as a Christian. That's why I think it's okay to do it. Even though a lot of it is, what is the word? Uh, shady or bullied or, you know, I don't want to use the word corrupt, but it just, it does feel like there's a lot of big money people taking advantage of situations. Because there's a lot of people who do, have never thought about godliness All right. with contentment. And they're going to call it shrewd, which is, a, let's just call it shrewd. So he gets to verse 10, he says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. True statement. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? What an analogy. I mean, this is like blowing my mind. And if you have been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you... Who will give you property of your own? Then he says, no servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And then he says this, the Pharisees, who were hypocrites, 
which is a common quality to what we'll see in Acts 5, because yeah. that whole thing was hypocritical. Watch what it says. Who love money, heard all this, and were sneering at Jesus. Because the love of money is a root of all kinds of people. And I think they were also sneering because they thought he's actually promoting people to get involved in worldly Now think about uh, the one uh, who's wealth. <laughs> think of the one who's talking here. God in flesh is speaking of what's to be how you view riches, wealth, interaction, the shrewd, the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's saying Better keep me number one. You can't serve us both. With it, it, he he makes a distinction there. Yeah, make sure you you make sure you have the. It go back to Proverbs again. Watch watch what what you be careful to do what God says. You can yeah. you he'll give you prosperity, but 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 remember where all this is coming from. That's exactly right. Well, when I first brought this up, you know Zach, who's on our show from time to time, my cousin, he's like. I don't know if we want to go down this road because it might offend, you know, Christians one because of all this, the stuff that's going on that causes the common man to try to rise up against them. And I think people need to understand with Zach's point, you can be godly and be shrewd. That is exactly my point. And you can recommend. Shrewd doesn't mean you're up to no good. You're yeah. just, you are shrewd, but you're God. Jesus, Jesus praised it in this context. And he if did. Jesus says something is, is praiseworthy, then it's good to go. You yeah. can, and, and like he said, he gave the green light to in, be involved in acquiring worldly wealth. Yep. He's like, right. don't mismanage your, your money. And, and he said, even though those in the light are going to have more trouble. He, and did that's say, he did say, too, it can be a little be, do do well with a little, and you'll do well if it's bigger. But he allowed for both. Mm-hmm. And I think in our cases, Jay's talked about it earlier. I've when I tell the sort of the Robertson family story when I go out and speak around the country, <clears throat> that's the story I tell. I mean, we didn't have much, but Dad, once you became a Christian and led our family to contentment on the river, mm-hmm. you know, we were we were happy with a life that didn't have much ace was, and he showed that his, his, you know, ambitions were, you know, pretty much just low hanging fruit. He was okay. He was okay with a lot. Plus my, my investments. And as it turns out, we're good, but my investments, I didn't invest or fool with the stock market. Mm -hmm. I primarily, if y'all have noticed, I primarily invested in land. You see what I'm saying? The well, purchase that's good. of land. That's called being well, diversified, I, Phil. Diversified? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, but I'm just saying, to, I never got to the stock to market phase. I'm like, what's that? So, Well, Zach also said, well, you don't want to recommend people investing in the stock market if the stock market you know, crashes and they lose all their money. I mean, they're, it's risky. And I said, well, Zach, but you're looking at it from a perspective of that it's going to crash and go down. That's called a bear. I said, you named one of your kids bear. Yep. You have bear <laughs> tendencies. I said, I'm on the bull side and it, there's no right side. There's different ways to do this. I, I know very little about the stock market overall. What I decided to do was take great companies, put in a lot of time, effort, research, invest my money in, in them 
more than 15 stocks be diversified and hopefully as years go by it accumulates wealth and a lot of these i would take out the money that i put in after a while so actually de-risking my investment now if i thought the whole thing was going to crash i wouldn't start off with the first statement take money that you don't need and put it in the stock market and when you say don't need you you mean that to live on that's right. You know, month to month or whatever to take care of your family. If That's you right. have money that you can put in that you don't need, whether it's, you know, once a month or every six months, or you come in, like in my case, I went from having nothing to having a lot in a very short period of time. So I could have done two things. And look, I, I was scared. My wife and I, we prayed, we discussed, we talked to money managers, we got advice because I was like, I don't want to, in view of what I just read in Luke 16, number one, I don't want to develop a love for this. And I don't want to mismanage what's been poured out here. So one of the things I did at the advice of people at our church who were financial investors, they said, what you need to do is take some of it and invest in the stock market. Yep. My initial reaction was no, because I thought that's just, if I want to gamble, I'll go buy a bunch of lottery tickets. That's what I was thinking. Well, I didn't understand it. I, I didn't know I needed. And eventually it led me to a place where I thought, you know what? I need to educate myself and figure out what the heck is going on. And let's take a quick break. So, you know, I spent a lot of time on the road, uh, probably more than you two. Although Jason, you're out there some. Oh yeah. Uh, on the road. One of the hardest things about being on the road is you can't take your mattress with you. I mean, you've got to, you've got to trust that whatever hotel room that you're staying in has a Diza mattress and a Diza pillow. Am you I right? Could, you could get you a trailer. It'd be kind of <laughs> comical seeing you go with your bed. I'd love to see me at the airport with my mattress rolled up. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why that my mattress is so important to me is that I sleep on Helix sleep mattresses and Jace does as well. In fact, we have the blessing of having a, you know, a second home and I've stocked all those up with Helix as well. I think y'all did too. Yeah, didn't you, Jay? We did. So, so what you do, Jace and I both took a quiz and basically matched how we sleep uh, to this mattress. So they custom it for you, uh, which is really good. So you go to helixsleep.com slash unashamed. You take their two minute quiz. They're going to customize this. It's a 10 year warranty. It's got a hundred night uh, risk free. So if you don't like it, they'll come and get it. But trust me, you'll like it. Uh, Helix is offering up to $200 off for all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash unashamed. That's helixsleep.com slash unashamed for up to $200 off. Check them out. So to your point, we talked about lighter tickets before. I read somewhere where most people that win lottery, win a large amount of money, lose it. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because they don't follow the path you said. They don't pray about it. They don't figure out how do we long-term do it. And uh, so most of them lose it. But the two things that they said that in this uh, thing I read where they had all these different lottery winners, they all gained weight and they all picked up bad habits. Yeah. You know, and that was interesting because, if you know, money, you see it a lot of times when the when an athlete, you take a – you know, 19, 20, 21 year old kid who doesn't have a lot of stability probably in his upbringing. And then you dump 
10 or $15 million into his life. I mean, you see some of the craziest choices anywhere. Why wouldn't you? I mean, look, just there's no basis there to make good basic decisions, financial decisions or right. obviously spiritual decisions. Yeah, well, one of the reasons I brought this up is one of the messages I got on my phone was from a family member because now since I know more than everybody else, even though it's not much, I'm now the guru stock advice giver to all my family who are in the stock market. So one of the members of my family wanted to buy one of these stocks that's gone hyperbolic and just out the roof because they're like, I need more. I can make more cash and then buy more steady stocks. So let's do it in the short term. Well, I said, don't do it. And it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, was was not for the effort. I see what's going on. But I was just looking at her situation saying, you don't have a lot of money. And what the extra money that you have, you want to invest it. And I'm helping you do that. And everything's going great. Let's not stop and get off the winning formula. Now, if she said, I want to make a political statement with my couple thousand dollars here, I'm like, okay, who am I to say you can't do it? But I was like, if you want a less risky way to do it, we're going to think long-term because that's my investing strategy. It doesn't mean that there aren't more than one ways. I'm sure all these people who have ridden that GameStop up, they've made a lot of money. My only point is as an investor looking at it like that, that works every time but once. But if you keep going all in trying to time just uh, something that's outside the fundamentals of basic. A phenomenon, basically. Yeah, it's a phenomenon. If you keep going down, you know, you can go to a roulette wheel and put red. I don't know if red or black is the seven because I've never done that. But, you know, if you keep trying to do that and you hit one, okay, great. But if you keep putting a lot of money in it, at some point it just don't hit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I, I like something with a little more sustenance and substance and by research and keeping your priorities in line, you can do that. If you want to just, you know, gamble this money or do it for entertainment or make a political statement, it's perfectly fine. It is your money, but I just wouldn't want to come across as I'm mismanaging it, you know? That, yep. That's that's what I'm getting at. So I thought it was interesting, Jay, as you mentioned, I, I love the Luke 16 that we kind of got there because uh, <clears throat> Luke wrote Acts, and he obviously wrote Luke. And Luke has a little different background from the rest of them because he was a Gentile doctor, you know, who who came along later, but obviously he was a great writer, and he got he with probably the probably had some money. Right, it's the money. Yeah. So he he's the only one that included that parable, which is interesting because you don't find it in the other gospels. But I think it does set up right to this point, and we're in uh, Acts chapter four, in verse thirty six. Because we didn't read this part last time, but I want to read it because it directly <clears throat> sets up what's about to happen in verse thirty six. Joseph, a Levite, which I thought was really interesting that Luke felt it necessary to mention that he was a Levite. Without getting deep into the weeds of it, I would just tell you that Levites didn't own land, which was really interesting. In other words, in the Old Testament, when they had the 12 tribes, Levi was the priesthood tribe. And so God set it up. You know, they all got a land inheritance when they took over the land of Canaan. But he wanted it set up where the people of Israel 
had to support the people that he had doing priestly duties and tabernacle duties. And those were the Levites. They come from Aaron. So when you look at that situation and you see the situation, you know, I don't even know why he owned land, but he did. Uh, Because typically they could have a house, but they couldn't have property that they owned. But he mentions it. And the only thing I can just, my guess is that this was almost like people were, you know, bringing this money to the apostles' feet. And here was a guy who was obviously a great guy, winds up going with Paul and being like his, you know, right hand man for several missionary journeys. Is that maybe he wasn't supposed to own this piece of property? He, so maybe this was more of a confessional thing. I don't know. Or, or it just got watered down through the years, like most religious laws. Could be. Could where be. and sure. you know, I mean, to me, if you got a law that says I can't buy land. I mean, just think about that, Phil. You, when you said I put money in land, huh. and you have a religious edict that says, "Okay, Phil, you can't," you know, it'd be awesome. But as a Christian, yeah, you can't buy land. Well, and yeah. you're right. <clears throat> the, you, the reason you have to look at some of these laws that God implemented, He did it so that the Israelites would have the idea that His clergymen, for lack of a better word, that He had in place. He wanted them, giving them the first fruits. They were supposed to give yeah. 10%. They had to build a house for it. That was the purpose of it. But like you said, what happens is over 2,000 years is that, you know, that's where the Pharisees came from and where the hypocrisy. Well, right. And that, even now, uh, Al, people go back and look at those laws and the old law for the nation of Israel that was written, what, thousands of years ago? And they're like, well, you can't have a tattoo, you know, because of, and they'll turn over there to, Wherever Leviticus. it is, Leviticus, and there, I'm like, we're not under that law anymore. But even today, people still try to apply those. And in a, in an essence, it was watered down, I guess, from when it was written. That's what I always thought. But I mean, I'm I'm not sure it's neither here nor there. I just think that he did something out of grace and freedom to help other people. He right. didn't have to work because we know this where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's right. And I think that's what caused this next scenario, which is jealousy and envy to want to be promoted among the believers and doing these, you know, grandioso acts of, of giving. And you think, well, would that happen today? I mean, I hate to say it, but if someone is giving huge amounts of money that we can use to help kids or whatever great charity there is, for them to do it out of a spirit of selfishness, yeah. I mean that that is truly sad. Of course, we don't know that, but get in these in this day, God knows the heart and said, "Watch this." So we don't know the heart. That's right. Let's take another break. Jace, why don't you read, read the first six verses yep. of chapter 5. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property, which I'm I'm making the connection that, oh, look at what Barnabas did. Watch this. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but he brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart? that you have lied to the Holy spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Didn't it belong to you? Did it, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? 
You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young man came forward, wrapping his body, and they carried him out and buried him. Of course, later, his wife's going to show up. We'll get to that later. And he's- So before we get to that, though, so, so I, I mean, <clears throat> obviously, when, when I read this, knowing we were going to be talking about it, there were some things that jumped out at me. And I just kind of throw the questions out, and yep. then we'll, we'll kind of answer them. So one was, what was the sin? And obviously, I, I think we've identified it as this hypocrisy and selfishness because they were misleading. They were saying, but, but he uses the term lying to men is different from lying to God. I thought that was interesting because a, a sin is a, I mean, lie is a sin, right? We, we know, yeah. we, we see that. I but think this is different. Yeah. I think that came from, which I think a lot of religious people that I've heard commentary on get this wrong. I, I think it, it came from having the freedom to do this. <clears throat> so there was no law or we're not under law or NG. He, and it actually says, after the land was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? Well, it was up to you to figure out how to use it. So you, when you read between the lines with that in mind, he had told men, this is what I'm going to give. And here's how much I got for it, which was a lie because it was obviously bigger than what he said to the men. And that's where it came in. You didn't lie to men, but to God, because you were right and free to do with this what you wanted to do, but you tried to make it look like you were given this amount and you actually took some for yourself because even though you wanted to do this great thing for the community because of what happened with Barnabas, in the end, you wanted that money. That's the bottom line. Plus, think about this. Think about this, Jay. <clears throat> this is at the very beginning of of the the church and and how it's going to unfold. And the only way they had to be able to know whether something was truthful or not is if it was from the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they had. You had these eyewitnesses, and and so as we go further, and when you get over into First and Second Peter, First, Second, Third John. They'll talk about this because a lot of years have gone by by then. And they'll say, you got to test the spirit. You got to make sure that they're saying the right things because now we're starting to get falsehood come in. And this is the first instance we see in this early time. So far, everything's been great. People are loving each other. They're helping each other out. But yeah. for the first time, Satan comes right up in the middle of this thing through this couple who are lying. And, and I think it was more protection for this early you know, phenomenon that, that was created here on earth than anything, because this is pretty severe. I mean, we don't see this anywhere else happen in the Bible where somebody just drops dead because they committed this, a sin. And especially one so grievous because it was against the Holy spirit. Yeah. But I also think when it says, uh, Satan, how ha- he said, uh, and how is it that Satan has so filled your heart? When we know from other passages for that to happen, you allow that to happen you know james said resist him and he'll he'll flee from you so it's like the temptation he gives the scenario with this land and the money and the fame and then you allow that to happen which usually happen coincides with you lying to the holy spirit 
I just think it's a two-way street on that. As far as the temptation happens, he, you know, the evil one provides that. And then you have a situation where you make the decision ultimately. And I think that's how the evil one works. I, I, I'm trying to say, I don't think Satan just like made him do this as far you know, he took over his being and without yeah. his decision that led down the road, I think he provided the situation and he fell in it. But that thing, that phrase line to the Holy Spirit, what, what about this? Let me throw this wrinkle at you. Cause I thought this was interesting. I, Cause it made me think about what Jesus said in Mark three. <clears throat> and this one again was early in his ministry and it starts in verse 20. Uh, his family heard about this, that he was there and, you know, he was with these people and he says, and they went to take charge of him for, they said he is out of his mind. So his family said he was crazy. And then the teachers of the law says, oh, no, he's not crazy. He is possessed by Beelzebub, by the power of demons. He is driving out demons. So they said he was possessed. And then Jesus says this, which I find it fascinating. And I'm just wondering if, you, if y'all think it ties into what we're talking about. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house. I tell you the truth, all the sins and blasphemies of men will be forgiven them, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal sin. Then he said, he said this because they were saying he has an evil spirit. So I just, I, I don't know, that, that jumped into my head that Jesus said that, because that's a, that's a very, I mean, that's a, people have been asking the question about that for, you know, eons ever since he said it. But it sounds like to me, right in the first century, we already see a situation where someone, again, is trying to pit, you know, Satan against what we're doing, and, and they're saying lying to the Holy Spirit. You don't want to mess around with the Holy Spirit. It well, is the business. But what do you think, Phil? Uh, he he may be on to something there. I, I just take, think... Hey, Jace, let's take another break. Here's what I think. This... You know, you just think about how... My, to go to modern day, I, I try to simplify and clarify things so that, you know, people are listening to us can make decisions. Because every day is filled with these opportunities to do what's right or to do what's evil and what you put in your head. But we know that that our belief system in Jesus and the way we conduct our lives is all done through faith. It's kind of like when you try to describe faith, it's like our secret world that we live in. You can do things that are good, and people in the world do this, that they don't care if Jesus was crucified, shot, or whatever. They don't. And people do good things for different reasons. That don't mean they're not good. It's they're they're great. They're helping out society. Does it mean their heart is in tune with God? No, doesn't mean at all. But it doesn't mean also if you know people who are Sunday Christians or whatever or doing things for status or whatever reason. It doesn't mean that inside their heart and soul it is ugly. And we don't really know that. And everybody has that own little spiritual war. So I think 
what happens is when you're representing heaven and those who abide there, you know, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, when you're doing that publicly or in the way you operate and your heart is just carnal and evil, I think we're just getting a picture that God detests that. It, it's the, it's, it's the, and, and Satan loves it because he's doing the most damage to what is being represented. This, look, what is the one reason and excuse that comes up more than any other on why people don't come to Christ? They build this wall right here because they're like, yeah, I knew somebody at that church. He abused little kids or I knew, you know, all they want is money or, well, all these things are saying it's true. Happens every day. People in the name of Jesus are hypocrites and are trying to look one way and in their heart can't be any more evil. Well, to me, if I was part of the evil forces, this is the best way for them to make God look bad. And I think that's why it happens. Yep. So my point is, if you deny the Holy Spirit, which is what this man and his wife did, they deny the truth. Because, look, they're saying they did something. Well, they know the Holy Spirit lives in them. I mean, you're talking about lying. Yeah. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to your inner self. And, and that's where the Holy Spirit is. And he's representative of Christ. So I think that's why it was so severe. And then look back at verse 7. Three hours later, his wife came in. And remember, she had full knowledge not knowing what had happened. She didn't know her husband had fallen dead. And remember, they just hauled the guy out and went and buried him. And And you got to remember, think of the atmosphere when she came in. They had just seen this happen. She should have right then thought, "Uh uh-oh. Because if you see somebody die, whether it's in the Lord or not, there's a a response in the room. The atmosphere has changed. It's changed quite a bit. So Peter asked her, and I love this, because he gives her a chance to tell the truth. Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? I love it that he gave her a chance to make it right. Yeah. So she should have looked at the atmosphere, knew something was wrong. Then we got a direct question. So here's this one little decision. Am I going to lie or am I going to tell the truth? Lie or die. Yes. That is the price. Peter said to her, how could you agree? Now, he says it differently to her, to test the spirit of the Lord. The other one, he said he lied to him. Here he says, why are you testing the spirit? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. You're right, Jace. What a That's not what you want to hear any time in any setting. And, you know, it, it made me think about that Romans 10 passage where Paul said, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? Not beautiful feet when they're cut. You're about to fall dead and they're going to carry yeah. you out, which is what happened in this situation. Well, then it goes, look, at that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear. That's the second time it says that because in verse five, it said all who saw Ananias, great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. So I've a lot of people say, well, why is that when the number one phrase in the Bible is do not be afraid? And we've talked about this in earlier podcasts, but you know, I think the number four phrase, most common phrase in the Bible is fear God and yeah. keep his commandments. Right. So there is a balance there as far as 
we're not to be afraid of anything in this life of what the world can do. And, but when it comes to making oaths and vows to God and doing things and being hypocritical about it in your heart, there's a time to fear God when that's going on. When you know deep down in your heart you're living this extravagant lie, and you see that manifest itself in everyday life with husbands cheating on wives, wives cheating on husbands, then they come back and they're like, oh, no, I'm sorry, you know, give me another chance. And then you go through the whole thing, and then their heart, they, they nothing's going to change. But since we don't know that, it's camouflage. But you see, I think, the same kind of hypocrisy because then what happens? You look up, here we go again, you know, and it's so frustrating. And, you know, I'm using that just in one sin that I can think of. This had to do with money and trying to act one way to get what you want. So could you make another. an argument that scaring the hell out of people <laughs> is biblical? <laughs> I think it's biblical in that it gets you attention. Cause look, think about it. What does physical death do? What, what was the purpose here? We have people who are lying. God's not going to make mistakes. They were doing the worst possible thing you could do on the planet. They were making God look bad and his people. And so what, well, as a result, what does physical death do? It gets your attention. Yep. Even people that don't believe in God, when they go to a cemetery or they see somebody die, they because they know they're they're going to die. And what is the message of the church at this time? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. And remember, yeah. that's right. Remember where we are, does everything in the book of Acts that we're going to look at is a first. Now, this is the first time you're seeing this sort of thing happen, and so God's going to deal with it very swiftly through Peter. And look very sternly. I mean, it, it, it would scare you. Yeah. Uh, but Al, think about the point. Look, the law is not going to change your life. Sin is not going to change your life. The consequences of sin, it's not going to change your life. Yep. Change your heart. The physical death, it's not going to do it. Jesus is what he did on a cross and the resurrection. Those are heart life changing things. However, these things, the consequences of sin and physical death, they do get our attention. Well, Solomon probably had it right again. I would say uh, uh, did have it right. Now all has been heard. This is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. He'll bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. Well, you look at that and you say, okay, it's enough that he's put the fear in me. Well, you you, you mess with that, Al. It's not wise. Yeah, It's not wise. It's I think wise. it's okay to fear as long as you're fearing hypocrisy in your life. You know, he wrote a whole book on, on the, the uh, what, the frustration that mankind has with his own sin, wealth, money. Hey, he covers the whole thing. So look, here's the deal. And he just ends it up by saying, fear God, do what he says. You'll be all right. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what Al took from this story. I don't want to lie to the Holy Spirit. Woo. I don't want to test the Holy Spirit. Me either. I, don't. I just want to follow his lead. There's a lot of money changing hands uh, within organized Christianity, Al. There's a lot of money changing hands. Well, and in and the world. It's not, <laughs> and in the world, and both 
and you, you, you sometimes it's kind of hard to see the difference, but you have to be real careful in your view of money. If you're going to yeah. be a Christian, and and if you're in the world too, it's it's a it it can really cost you your life, your soul. I keep going back to chapter four and thirty three because you got to remember. With great power, the apostles continued to testify the resurrection of the Lord, and much grace was upon them all. We all make mistakes. We have daily thoughts that are terrible, but you need to manage those things in your own life way before you're thinking about how you're going to manage money that can burn up and be gone in in an instant. The management, to me, in walking with Jesus is of the heart. And when you screw up or you have a thought, because when you get to this stage, a lot had to happen to get so cold and callous where there's people dying and and you're still oblivious of living this life. You're going all the way to the grave but if there's with a, this lie. If there's a, a worldly listener hearing this conversation, many would tend to say, Al, this is just too blooming strict it's just too strict wouldn't you yeah. think sure yeah i mean if you certainly if you didn't you, understand you know what, if you're going to expect me to live a life of of being honest with god he'll forgive you and this this man and woman had the opportunity to do that okay yeah. we blew it we we decided you know we we're making ourselves look good or whatever and we sold this land we slid a little bit to, to us until they're giving it all we, we 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 we're acknowledging that we we sin now y'all forgive us and that'd have been okay yeah well my point is phil it's the stock market that's going on in your heart that you need to there's every one of us on a daily basis some stuff we got to sell and we need to keep buying what god provided in jesus through his grace and hope yep <laughs> okay so always finds a way to get it back to the stock market <laughs> spiritual stocks thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast help us out by rating us on itunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on youtube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes and for even more content that you won't get anywhere else subscribe to blaze tv at blaze tv.com slash unashamed